0: You're listening to audio from Redemption Story Church. If you'd like to check out other resources or learn more about Redemption Story Church, visit our website at redemptionstory.com. Good morning. Merry Merry Christmas. Well, if you have your Bibles, I would invite you to grab your copy of God's Word and turn with me to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. We're going to be reading here in just a second in verse 26. If you don't have a Bible um, in the seat in front of you, there should be a Bible for you to use uh, and also to take home. Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 26. Um, and If you're new to the Bible, the big number is the chapter number. Uh, the small number is the verse number. So you're looking for the big number 26 and the small number 26. Um, and we're, that should be found on page 832, if you're using one of the Bibles in the pew. And that says this. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Let's pray. God, thank you for the gift of Christ's body. That by His body we have life salvation. God, I pray that this morning as we consider the incarnation and the giving of a body or that we would be reminded of the grace and the forgiveness of Christ Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Well, at Christmas, we celebrate the incarnation that Christ, God himself, took on a human body. And I'm glad that we're Texan because we know what the word incarnation means because of things like chili con carne, chili with meat, chili with flesh, the incarnation, God in flesh. And so when we read of different places in Scripture, like John 1.14, and the word became flesh, and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. God himself took on a human body 2,000 years ago. Now, the fact that Christ has a body means something about Human bodies in general. As a matter of fact, Christ in many ways redeems human bodies by even himself taking on a body. He redeems our physical bodies. Brothers and sisters, Christianity is not an immaterial religion. It's not mainly or even largely focused or or completely focused on that which is non-physical. As a matter of fact, the, the, the truth that God is a spirit is in no way negated by the fact that Christ took on a body. And so, brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ was born of a woman. He lived his life out in that body, in his body. He bore sins on the cross and was resurrected bodily. And he even reigns and rules now in heaven as the incarnate Son of God in a body. So Christ redeems even the weakness of our bodies. Brothers and sisters, all of the weakness that we have in our physical bodies, all of the ways in which we are uncomfortable or unsatisfied with our bodies, is redeemed in the very fact that Christ thought so much, God thought so much of our physical bodies that he took one on himself and he dwelt among us. Jesus sympathizes with us in our weakness, even to the point of understanding and knowing our frame. Because even now he dwells in one like it. But Jesus Christ also redeems everything That we do with our bodies and to others and their bodies. Think about the brokenness of humanity in the way that we treat our bodies and the way that we treat other bodies. With our fists, we strike and we steal. With our mouths, we bite, devour, curse, and make fun of. When Cain killed his brother, he hid a body. Even from the very beginning, human beings were treating bodies like this. But with Jesus' body, he used his hands to give and to heal. His touch took away brokenness and uncleanness. With his mouth, he spoke blessings and grace. He encouraged and he smiled. The very presence of Christ's body means that Christ actually shows us the full potential and possibilities for our bodies. Even in John 1.14 that I just read, that in his body, in God made flesh, he showed us the glory of the Father. That means that reflecting the glory of the Father is not incompatible with our own bodies. Even in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Brothers and sisters, this is what is possible for human bodies because of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Because he himself took on a body. But this morning, the text that we have, speaks of a very different way to approach Christ's body. That in our text, he tells us to take and to eat his body. And it is such a weird thing to consider and to think about. As a matter of fact, even the Jews of Christ's day thought that this was ridiculous. In John chapter 6, the Jews say, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? But Jesus responds and says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat of my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. So here's the beauty of what Christ is saying when he says, take and eat. This is my body, is that he is offering life to all of those who would do this very thing. But how is it possible that partaking of Christ's body in this way would produce life. Well, in order to understand that, we have to understand that the first act of rebellion by humanity was this very thing, eating. That Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden took the fruit and they ate it. And by this, death entered into the world. In Genesis 3, verse 6, it says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. The first act of sin was rebellion because it was choosing something other than God as the source of life. It was seeing something other than God as a source of sustenance. It was in this way, in in many ways, a belief that there is something else satisfying apart from God, and all of sin has flowed from that. As a matter of fact, what we see through the rest of Scripture, is that this act of rebellion is repeated over and over and over again by humanity. In Genesis chapter 6, it speaks about the rebellion of the sons of God in this way, that they saw the daughters of men and they took them and they devoured them. In the story of David and Bathsheba, it says that David saw Bathsheba and he took her and he devoured her. In all of these ways, over and over and over again, humanity partook of the same activities in rebellion. And brothers and sisters, we can see these things in our very own lives, that our lives with our own bodies, we are doing the same thing, taking and eating, stealing and destroying and devouring and creating destruction in those very ways. But brothers and sisters, Jesus was very, very different. In Hebrews 12, too, it says that Jesus saw the joy that was before him. And Philippians 2 says that he did not count equality with God something to be grasped, that is, something to be taken. In John four twenty four, it says that Jesus' food was to do the will of the Father. And in the Gospels, it says that Jesus took the bitter cup of God's wrath from Jeremiah 25, and with his body, Jesus was obedient to the Father to the point of death, even death on the cross. Jesus did something very differently in his faithfulness and obedience in his body. And reflecting upon the rebellion of Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3, how the serpent tempted Eve and she took and she ate And she gave it to Adam. Derek Kidner says this. So small an act, so hard it's undoing. God will taste poverty and death before take and eat become verbs of salvation. Brothers and sisters, are you you feasting on Christ this morning? Realize that's an odd way to speak about this. But the picture that we're meant to get, if rebellion was the act of taking and eating and devouring, of trusting in other things for life and for sustenance and hoping in them, then the very act of eating upon Christ is to trust in him, to believe in him, to find your hope and the satisfaction of your life in Jesus and in him alone. Have you trusted in Christ? Have you seen him as good? Have you seen him as desirable? And have you taken of Christ? Have you in that way devoured his word and enjoyed him fully? Have you found in Jesus all of the hope and joy and satisfaction of life? Because brothers and sisters, what Christ did in the incarnation in taking on a human body, was so that he might bear our sins on the tree and that by his body and with his body, he might fulfill and fully satisfy all those who trust in him by faith and give them life. Brothers and sisters, life is found in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ's body. And by trusting in him and believing in him fully, you too can have that life. Let's pray. God, thank you for the gift and sacrifice of the body of your son. That this Christmas we celebrate that you became, that God became man and that he dwelt among us, that he existed with us, that he sympathizes with us. God, that you know our frame. Lord, would we so see the beauty and the gift of the body of Christ? Would we partake of it, even this morning, by faith? We might trust in him and find all of our hope and satisfaction in him. It's in Christ that we pray. Amen.